Welcome to the no sleep version of Bulls Beat. Derek Sharp, we got back home around 2 a.m. Baseball didn't have a direct flight back from Greenville and hence, but definitely wanted to get up and bring you the show. Did get to call five games in Greenville and only one victory and three were blowout losses. And the fourth was a very tough to take loss for baseball on Sunday. However, it was worth the trip because the one win and getting to see softball in person at the American Athletic Conference Tournament. You'll hear plenty of highlights from that game. Yes, we will sprinkle in some highlights from the four defeats as well. Baseball, unfortunately, leaves the weekend in last place, and it is going to be difficult not to be in last place going into Clearwater next week. The Bulls play Stetson tomorrow. They need to win there to stay above 500, and then we'll tell you what they need to do to avoid the seller. They came into the weekend in sixth, but when you get swept... And another team that was behind you sweeps its opponent like Wichita did to Tulane. And the other gets two out of three like Memphis did in Cincinnati. Guess what? You drop back from six to eighth. Softball is going to Tallahassee for the NCAA tournament. That is what we told you to expect. We will give you their reaction, which was actually pretty good audio, along with Ken Erickson, Georgina Corrick, and Megan Sheehan. And again, we'll get more into the actual matchups later on in the week. But we'll tell you the draw and tell you that we will be going to Tallahassee to call those games for you. The first one is Friday night at 6 o'clock. And we've got a golf regional to tell you about as the men's golf team is playing today in Palm Beach. How about track and field? We're going to start there. We said they were going to the American Athletic Conference track and field meet, and the men's team finishes in fifth place. It's best since joining the American the last few years, in fact, handful of years, have seen the Bulls come in, well, frankly, last and or next to last. So Eric Jenkins, you could see the turnaround. Bringing in a flux of transfers and talent has definitely paid off. And boy, did it come down to a thrilling finish yesterday. One of the three wins for the men's team. And it was something. Elijah Wright, Joshua St. Clair, Michael Bourne Third, and Monte Parker win the 4x4 relay. Edging out Houston, which always wins that thing. Since it was the last event, if you were watching on the Americans' coverage on ESPN+, Plus, they were so focused on you know where Wichita had to finish in relation to Houston to claim the championship as Wichita was the host that it almost snuck up on the play-by-play guy that, oh yeah, USF is, is winning the race. So the call could have been more dramatic, but the actual race was unbelievable. I love what Michael Kelly put out about it said they'll be talking about this one for a while as the Bulls were right there with Houston the entire race it was those guys one and two switching spots including on the last lap with Parker and Adam Mason the freshman from Houston around the last turn Parker took the lead and it was just a great video again even though the play-by-play could have been better because it was all about Wichita which was not even really challenging to win the actual event but did win the overall track and field meet anyway Parker and it was like a NASCAR race at the end he was trying to basically block Mason from going in front of him because he was out of steam but you could see Eric Jenkins the head coach among many members of the track and field team just hysterically running trying to root on Parker in fact a couple of the women's track and field members just went right to that final turn to carry him on and of course they couldn't keep up as Parker was blown by everybody and Jenkins his reaction was tremendous Definitely want to talk to some of those guys this week as there'll be no doubt many Bulls going to the NCAA regional meet based on what they've done this year and, of course, what they've done in the conference. Three minutes, 10.46 seconds is sixth on the all-time list, but was first 
at an event that usually Houston wins. There were two other first-place finishes for the Bulls on Sunday. Romain Beckford, who is the, of course, national JUCO high jump champion and the indoor American champion earlier this year, gets the outdoor championships as well, 7 feet, 1.75 inches. Kendall Mosley actually finished in fourth in the same event, and David Ajama gave the Bulls some points as well with a top six finish, basically in track and field at a big event like this. Top eight gets you points. Top three gets you on the podium. And the other win for the Bulls, on the women's side, Anaya Ashley. She wins the high jump for the Bulls. Kendall McDaniel also got points in that event with a sixth-place finish. Elijah Wright, part of that 4x4 relay team, did pretty well in the 400-meter dash, which would make sense, as he broke the school record, 45.9 seconds, put him second in that event. Second in the pole vault was River Ridge's Stone Baker, second right behind UCF, which won the women's championship for the first time in Knights history, was our 4 by 100 team right there, neck and neck. It was pretty exciting. Zariah Allers, Labird, Shania Benjamin, Hannah Connell, and Kadisha Prescott. How about the women's 400-meter hurdles, second, third, and fourth? That is a big chunk of points for the women's team, which finished seventh out of 12 schools. Sinek Walker, Shani Davila, and Shakia Plummer. Third place finish on the men's side for Aaron Carter. That was in the discus. And a third place 4x4 relay on the women's side for Allers LeBird, Benjamin Connell, and Walker. More points for the Bulls. David Ajama, fourth in the triple jump. And Tyler Dunnigan, Danison Mahate, combined with Wright and Parker, who were in the 4x4, but they were also in the 4x1 for a fourth place finish there. Fourth place for Shaney Davila in the 100-meter hurdles with her teammate Connell in sixth to get points again for the Bulls. Bourne takes fourth in the 110-meter hurdles. That was all on Sunday. On Saturday, not as many events, but the Bulls got on the podium in three of them. Second place finishes for Benjamin and Ajama in the long jump. Of course, Benjamin on the women's side, David Ajama on the men's side. Bronze medal for Johan Jeremiah in the shot put. Point scored by Jadeja Baxter, who was eighth in the long jump. Now, we mentioned Carter in the shot put. He was also third on Friday in the hammer throw, which broke the school record, which he had set himself. So Friday was kind of the preliminary day. Saturday, a lot more finals. And then Sunday was the finish of the American Athletic Conference track and field meet. Outstanding jobs by so many members of both teams. What an event. And again, the NCAA announces who qualifies for its two regional meets. Just two. There's an East, there's a West. And we'll be hoping for some Bulls to advance to the national meet this year. Much more to come on that. Well, we knew that the softball team was in good shape, even with what happened on Saturday morning in Greenville, North Carolina. That was an 11-0 run rule loss to UCF. Georgina Corrick was definitely sick. She was under the weather. It's why she had to come out of Friday's game. Get ready for those highlights. But before we get to that, we'll tell you they are indeed going to the Tallahassee Regional. FSU wins the ACC tournament in thrilling fashion coming back in the finals on Saturday. They played that thing in Pittsburgh and gets the number two national seed. It is going to be a tall order. They'll probably have to beat Florida State twice. That's the thing about double elimination and being put up against a tough team, which you knew was going to be the case. Even if you beat them once, there's a decent chance you have to beat them twice, but at least they'll get their chance, and there's really no easy roll through the NCAA tournament. You look at, and we'll talk more about them on our conference show later on on Monday around the American, the UCF Knights rightfully are thrilled that they, for the first time, will be hosting a regional. They were, as the field was announced, 
from 1 to 16, and then within each regional, the four teams. So they knew they were getting in, obviously, but was that 16th host going to be the Knights? And they went crazy, and rightfully so. But guess what? Even if they win a regional for the first time in school history, if you're the 16th seed, it means you match up with the one seed, Oklahoma, and you got to go through them and beat them twice just to get to the College World Series. So it is a tough road, but the Bulls are going to get a chance. And, oh, yeah, we mentioned Florida State. Got to beat Mississippi State first. That'll be the opponent for the Bulls on Friday night in Tallahassee, Mississippi State, a team that was just 10-14 and 14 in the SEC, but that included uh, plenty of impressive wins. And their overall record, they were well above 500. we We'll give you more on the Bulldogs, including details on their all-time home run hitter and the fact that they, in the SEC tournament, knocked off a higher seed LSU, and then they played Tennessee, one nothing, 13 innings. Mississippi State used three different players just to hang around. They gave up 11 hits while Ashley Rogers, the ace for the Volunteers, was throwing 161 pitches and going the full distance. But Mississippi State has had several of those low-scoring games this year. We could expect some serious drama this week. Boy, did we get it in Greenville. Again, we couldn't call Thursday's game because that was the travel day. And then it was the USF women going up against Wichita State in Friday's semifinals. This was the game that the Bulls, if they won, I think they're going to make the NCAA tournament anyway, but if they won, it was a dead lock, and they did. But boy, did they have to sweat it out. We gave you all the astonishing home run numbers for the Shockers, and looky here, the Bulls were the team that hit most of the home runs. In fact, three of them. Oh, that ball's hit pretty sharp to left field. Deep, going back on it is... Over and it's out of here. Desiree Maldonado loves her some Greenville. Home run for the Bulls. She had the big hit in the close game against Wichita State to untie the score late. We're in the third inning, but we'll still take it. And it's two to one. But these Wichita State Shocker fans are very good softball fans. Obviously, you travel with your team. Kansas to, oh, that ball is going to Kansas. That ball is ripped. Is it going to be foul or fair? It's fair. It's a home run. Wichita State points to foul ground. I'm kind of off to the side of that left field foul pole, but the only question was fair or foul, and it was ruled by the third base umpire to just sneak inside the pole. Makes it four to one. And Sheehan takes it the other way. That could get out of here. Left field, and it is a home run. Oppo power by Shishi. And it's 5-1. to one. Her first home run of the season. And if I'd had her career stats, I would have been even more energetic because that was the first home run of her career. I knew that she had a very solid 2020, and her first year was good as well. She was hurt all last season but didn't realize she had never hit a home run. Pretty good time for it. And it was pretty important because it turned out to be just enough cushion. Now, it wasn't just home runs. Alexis Johns started off the game with a triple and came around immediately on a Sheehan RBI ground out. Then a two-out RBI tying hit for Zoe Jones of Wichita State. Figured this might be a back-and-forth affair. But after Maldonado homered, it was Johns again, a single, a steal, a second, a sack bunt, and then Alana Rivera brings her in with the sack fly RBI. You're needing to add to your lead against a team like that. 
for certain. And when Sheehan hit the home run in the top of the fifth, it was 5-1. to one. Then come the Shockers back, and they get the first hit for Sidney McKinney, whose batting average against the rest of the country was 546, but she was 0 for against the Bulls. You knew it was going to happen at some point. She singled to put runners on first and second. Then Corrick walks Addison Barnard, of course, the nation's leading home run person, so you're okay with that. And then you take just allowing one run on a fielder's choice. She comes in and gets Zoe Jones to get out of the inning, and it's 5-2. You're thinking you're in good shape, but here comes the sixth inning. We knew at some point Lauren Mills was going to pinch hit because she had two grand slams the previous day, and that's when the game took a turn. Can't get a grand slam here. Going to guarantee it. There's a runner on first, and that's it. Pulls up three, one out in the bottom of the sixth. Ooh, just missed outside. Good spot, good eye by Mills. Who they call Lolo, Georgina Korik. She actually have a nickname? Ace pitcher, how's that? She delivers on two and two, and that ball's thrilled. That's probably out of here. It is. Takes it the other way. It was only gonna be a matter of whether it maybe nailed the top of the wall. But I said you got to keep it outside to her. They did, and it didn't matter. It's a five to four game. And it was a concern, especially when Cassie Passwater's pinch hit double, and that was it for Georgina Cork through more than 110 pitches. And here comes Antoinette Hill. Pitched just one inning in two years at Purdue. It started to get more valuable innings for the Bulls, but this was a different story. She gets a ground ball for the second out. Actually, Alana Rivera did well to get the lead runner at third base, but then Sidney McKinney singles, runners on first and second, and Addison Barnard, the nation's home run leader, keeps fouling off pitches on a full count. It was somewhat hair-raising. She gave up a two-run homer in this inning and was running out of steam clearly. So now it's up to Antoinette Hill to try and preserve this one-run lead. No longer a cushion. Here's the pitch. Grounded sharply to Maldonado at third. Makes the third cross in that! Gonna do the job, Antoinette Hill! Maldonado actually could have stepped on third base and gotten the force out, but either way, McKinney and Barnard's spot in the order is navigated. And Wichita gets two runs in the inning. But the Bulls still have the lead. And, of course, we would have loved to get a few more runs or anything in the top of the seventh. That didn't happen. In the bottom of the seventh, you look at the box score, and it was a 1-2-3 inning. Well, there were some plays in that 1-2-3 inning made behind Antoinette Hill, but she was throwing strikes, and the Bulls were making catches, and a very exciting win was completed. One out, bottom of the seventh inning, Antoinette Hill, not Georgina Coricon, to try and finish this thing. Ball is chopped to right field, and Alexis Johns dives and makes an amazing hit first catch. Maybe the catch of the year. That ball looked like it was ducking in for sure. And Johns, who we know has amazing speed, if anybody was going to have a chance at getting that, it was going to be her, but it was not easy. Two outs, two and two pitch. Here it is. Golf to left field, should stay up for life. Still on the ball's win! What a job by Antoinette Hill. And the Bulls knock down the Shockers in somewhat shocking fashion. Without Georgina Korg finishing it off, the Bulls get just a pulsating victory here. And there indeed will be a war on I-4 in the American Athletic Conference Tournament Finals.
What a performance by Antoinette Hill, her first career save. Unbelievable catch by Johns. There indeed was a war on I-4, but without Georgina Corrick. Uh, like I said, won't give you many highlights of that one, but we'll give you what happened, and then we'll hear from Corrick and Erickson and Sheehan. And then what happened with baseball over the weekend, getting swept in East Carolina, and a little bit of an outlook for today's start to the men's golf NCAA regional involving our own USF Bulls. That's next on Bulls Beat. <laughs> 